Welcome to Conversations with Cynthia. Over the next hour, you'll have the opportunity to listen to Cynthia Hyatt, an internationally recognized therapist and life management expert in private practice with offices in Phoenix and Scottsdale. As a captivating communicator, Cynthia engages, energizes, and inspires her audiences to become all God created them to be. For more information on Cynthia's diverse background, log on to CynthiaHyatt.com. That's C-I-N-T-H-I-A-H-I-E-T-T.com. Let the next 60 minutes inspire, motivate, and encourage you to become your own best version. Now, here's Cynthia. Well, welcome to Conversations with Cynthia. I am so glad you joined me today. I'm Cynthia Hyatt, and I have one of my great friends that I have met in this whole industry of books and radio, and she is awesome. This is Kristen Clark. She's been on the show before. She's from Houston, Texas. Is that correct, Kristen? Yeah, I knew I said it right. Houston, Texas, yes. Because, you know, when I went to Dallas, I was like, I'll just, maybe we could like, you know, meet each other when I'm in Dallas. And you're like, Cynthia, that's like five hours away. So, <laughs> <laughs> so you know, Texas is a much bigger state sometimes than I, than I always realize. So, so yes, I'm glad yeah. you're here today with me. And um, we are going to talk again about, you have a new book that I've really liked. It has a lot of really practical application to it. So can you just tell the, the, the listeners a little bit about you? Like reintroduce yourself again, and then we'll get started on what you've done since I've talked to you last. Great. Thank you. I had such a pleasure to be here with you again, as always. Thank I you. I really look forward to our time together. And, um, and I just consider it an honor and a privilege to get to share my story at all, because I consider myself a real-life example of someone who has overcome the battle of low self-esteem and overcome the battle of finding my value and my self-worth. And initially, that led me to create the um, website, his site of thelookingglass.com, which is really designed to provide resources to women who are looking to find their value and worth by learning to see themselves as God sees them, because we are so precious in his eyes. And that's been such a great journey. I love working with women to try to help them rediscover their value and worth as daughters of the king. And then I'm so thrilled, earlier this year, I published um, my first book. It's called Becoming a Woman of Worth. Creating a More Confident You, and I'm just really excited about um, how well it's being received, and Cynthia, I just have to brag for just a minute. Please do. But um, it was entered in the 2014 Reader's Favorite International Book Award Contest, and I was notified just two weeks ago that it made the finalist cut. Wow. Oh, praise (laughs) God. That is wonderful. It's a finalist in two categories. One category is Christian Biblical Counseling, which to me is just such an honor. And then the other category is Christian Living. And it really is a book of practical tips and suggestions, um, things I try to do every day myself to help me maintain confidence as a spiritual mindset. Right. So that I can be more effective, so that I can fulfill my noble purpose, and so that I can be that woman of worth that God created me to be. I love so that. So more to come on that. The winners will be announced on September 1st, and I'm just really prayerful for God's favor on this uh, this effort. So real excited about that. Oh, I love that. Well, you know, because I read the book, and 
it really is such practical um, application in terms of the information. And, and I know that, you know, God is opening doors for that because one of the things that he hates is that women's worth and value has been so stolen from them. You know, and it doesn't mean that it doesn't happen to men. It absolutely does. But it happens to women in a different way. And, and it really is crippling to women when, you know, when we're facing the world, and especially because more and more of us are facing it alone. You know, there's, there's, it's more difficult many times for them to find relationships and for us to find relationships that are also healthy and supportive. And so we have a lot of responsibility and a lot of burdens, and we face the world then, you know, crippled with how we view ourselves, how we think about ourselves. And so talk a little bit about how that transformation happened for you. Gosh, well, oh man, it's kind of an amazing story. I was, um, really, I was in my 30s, and I was in a very um, unhealthy marriage. I was married to an addict and an alcoholic, and I had my own battles of codependence and issues with self-esteem. And I just had reached that point of brokenness where I was looking for any kind of solution. I was also not a Christian at the time. I was raised in a very loving and warm family, but we just weren't Christians. We didn't go to church, and we didn't read the Bible, and we didn't pray, and we didn't really talk about God or Jesus. And so as a young adult, I searched for the definition of a power greater than myself, but Everything I had put my faith in really was um, out of the strength of a spider web, if you know that reference, which means it wasn't very strong. <laughs> right. It was very complicated, but not strong. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> that. Complicated and complex. Yes. And I just couldn't really get my bearings. Like, I didn't have a foundation to really hold me up in the middle of this really difficult time. And um, I was facing a uh, divorce as a result of all of this. And so my um, story is really fascinating because I started going to church. I was invited to go to church for the first time at this time. And it was at this time, again, I, I said that, you know, I just had reached that point where I was looking for any answer. And I would even consider Christianity. <laughs> <laughs> I would consider Christianity because I had always thought Christianity was a crutch for the weak. And I was not going to acknowledge any form of weakness. Of mm-hmm. And so it was, um, it was at that time when I walked into the doors and walked into the arms of the loving Father God and came into my relationship with Jesus Christ, and I was baptized at the age of 35, and that started my journey. And it was during that journey when one of my mentors at the church, she said to me one day, Kristen, I just wish you could learn to see yourself as God sees you because you are so remarkable. And I didn't understand what she said. I didn't understand, A, how God sees me, or that I am remarkable, but I wanted to learn. And so I started this journey, this sort of self-exploration and discovery of learning what that meant. How does God see me? And I was directed immediately to the scriptures. And I thought, well, if I accept God's word as the the infallible truth, then that's where I'm going to find me. That's where I'm going to find an amazing treasure in the scriptures is me. Wow. And so I started looking to the Bible, looking to the scriptures for who I am. And I'll share with you 
one of my favorite, my favorite verses is Psalm 139, verse 17 and 18, which says, How precious are your thoughts about me, O God! They cannot be numbered. I can't even count them. They outnumber the grains of sand. And oh, that is so beautiful. It's so good to remind people of that. Yes, and there's two really deep points to just those two simple verses, right? The first point is that God thinks of me as precious. Yes. He thinks of me as rare and valuable and important. And too valuable or wasted, or too valuable or important to be wasted or used carelessly. That's really, you know, I tell people all the time, you know, you are too valuable to live recklessly. Isn't that true? Oh yes. Because, you know, we do. It's like we live so recklessly sometimes and you don't do anything reckless with valuable, precious um, possession or cargo or, or an entity that is valuable and precious. You know, my, my wedding ring, I don't just recklessly throw it around. Exactly. That's a great analogy. And, and I'm the same way. My, my wedding ring has it's honorable place on my Yes, heart. yes. And it's respected, and it's cherished. And if I look at the definition of the word precious, oh my gosh, too valuable or important to be wasted or used carelessly. And now I would throw your word right in here, or recklessly. Right? right. Oh my gosh. And then the second part of that, though, is that his thoughts about me cannot be counted. They outnumber the grains of sand. And so I decided, <laughs> and I wanted to understand, well, how many grains of sand are we really talking about here? So I started doing some research, and I found that there were a number of different groups who tried to answer the same question, and different research came up with different results, right? But on average, the research showed that there were 3,000 to 5,000 grains of sand in a teaspoon. In a what? A teaspoon. In a teaspoon. Wow. Oh, my gosh, right? And then someone did research, and, and they had, like, 10 man hours of 10 different people eat. So 100 man hours, counting the grains of sand in one cup. And it was over 3 million grains <gasps> of sand. I know, 3 million, over 3 million grains of sand in one cup. And so when it says, I can't even count thoughts about me and how precious they are. They outnumber the grains of sand. Oh my gosh, that just took me to a whole nother level of appreciation for my value and my worth as his daughter. Well, and you know what's really fascinating when you think about this as an analogy? Um, I did this um, show and then um, a newsletter on grains of sand, and I had gotten this, I don't know how I found this, but it was a website that was showing all the different types of grains of sand all over the world and different what a grain of sand looks like in the northern hemisphere and, and in Brazil and in Russia and, you know, and that there's not one grain of sand that is the same. Mm. And these grains of sand are works of art and it's just a teeny grain of sand and they are beautiful. They are beautiful and they look all different from wherever they come all over the the whole entire planet. So when you think that God has innumerable, it can't even count the thoughts he has. They're more than grains of sand. And grains of sand are, each one is unique and beautiful in its makeup. Oh, I love that. <laughs> that is so powerful. It is so powerful. 
horrible. And for me, that's really where it started. And I wanted to just understand, well, how can she see someone like me in that way? And, and what does that look like? And it's been an amazing journey. And, and I can tell you that I had to do a lot of work, a lot of self-assessment and evaluation. I had to really look at some of my old beliefs. Right. The unhealthy thinking, the thinking thinking, as I like to call it, that distorted thought process. Well, that's... um. We're going to, let me interrupt you there. We're going to come to the end of this uh, portion of this segment. And so this is Cynthia Hyatt with Conversations with Cynthia. Join me in the next one with Kristen Clark as she talks about becoming a woman of worth and her journey to self-confidence. Welcome back to Conversations with Cynthia. And this is Cynthia Hyatt. I'm so glad you joined me. And I want to always uh, remind you all to please visit me on my Facebook page, which is Cynthia Hyatt, Inc. That's I-N-C for Incorporated. And my website, which is CynthiaHyatt.com. And that's spelled C-I-N-T-H-I-A-H-I-E-T-T. And I love it when you visit me um, on either of those sites and give me comments and questions and what you need as we do these shows. So today I have my friend, Kristen Clark from Houston, Texas, and she um, has created um, a whole website and she's written a book that is called Becoming a Woman of Worth and it's Creating a More Confident You. And she's really telling us her journey as to how God really reinstated the confidence that he actually originally intended for her to have about herself and how she's done that and the practical methods that she goes about daily keeping that confidence where it's supposed to be. So, Kristen, thanks again for joining me. And I'm so sorry that I had such a hard um, <laughs> cutoff in the last segment. I got too involved in what we were talking about when my producer told me, one minute, you have one minute. So, <laughs> so we, were ta- yes, we were talking about how God, his thoughts for us, and you were quoting the verse in Psalms. So why don't we just start with that again? my God, Psalm 139, 17 to 18. Yes. How precious are your thoughts about me, oh God. They cannot be numbered. I can't even count them. They outnumber the grains of sand. And when I look at the scriptures to try to understand how precious he thinks me, I just continue to be overwhelmed. You know, I am dearly loved. I am his treasured possession. He will never leave me. I am beautiful. I am the king's daughter. I am redeeming the restored to righteousness. I am forgiven. I am his perfect bride. I have been created for his glory. I am a good and perfect gift. And you know, the list just goes on. Yes, yes, it does. Oh my gosh. And when I begin to embrace each and every one of those individual truths, I begin to see just how deep that love is. And that's where I find my value and my worth is in a Father God whose love truly is perfect. And that's just an awesome thing. And, you know, I'll share with you my ability today to go through life with confidence as a spiritual mindset is a lot you know, my journey is not unlike what you talk about in your own book, right? I mean, I love 
hear me, but congratulations. Oh, thank you. <laughs> God wants you truly living, not waking dead. And you quote in here, a seed must die in order to live the life for which it is intended. And we are the seeds God has placed on this earth. And we are the people God intends to bring to fruition. What's the seed in you that must die in order for God to cause it to bloom? And I think for me, the seed that had to die was that seed that had been planted years ago of of worthlessness, of insignificance, of inferiority, and of feeling less than. Yes, yes. Because if you stayed a seed, then it would be more inferior. And so when you think of it in that way, that the mighty oak starts as an acorn, we don't want to keep it as an acorn. It becomes this mighty oak. And so if I keep trying to make the seed be something instead of letting it die and let God really create out of that who he intended it to be. Exactly. And I feel like that's so much of the journey that I went through myself. It's the journey I encourage so many women to go through, and it's, it's deep. Yes. Thought-provoking, and, and it's hard. It's hard work. But it is so uh, fruitful, and the, the gift and the blessing, oh my gosh, I can't even describe the gift and the blessing. It's so amazing and powerful. Well, and I think it's, a, it's imperative to realize that, you know, one of the things that God has to do is he has to change the whole person. So he can't just change our mindset. You know, our mindset absolutely is the first place that God usually starts. That's with knowledge. And he wants that knowledge to, to you know, go deeper into our gut, into our heart, that it become truly embedded in the inmost parts of our being so that out of it, you know, the truth flows. And so it, it's important for people, you know, if you can explain, like we got about maybe about four minutes here, if you could explain kind of how God moved all that knowledge into your, into your heart, into your gut, so that you really believed it. Mm. Well, you know, for me, gosh, it was a journey of just thirsting. I was so, I was in so much pain that I was hungry. Right. starving for a better life. I wanted to feel better. I was sick and tired of being sick and tired. And so when I had reached that point of really being sick and tired, then I was willing, right? Right. And part of that willingness included this hunger, this deep desire to know more about who I am. And for me, the best place I could find out was right in the scriptures. And it was right at that time when I was baptized and had just become a Christian. And it, it became this um, obsession almost with me, where every waking moment, I just wanted to sit with my Bible and read. And, and I, you know, I'm not very good at reading the Bible by myself, and so I have to get two different study Bibles, actually, to help me interpret the scriptures. And I have to use a dictionary to help me look up words, because I don't always know the right definition. I'm learning as an adult that I misunderstood a whole lot in my life, because I didn't really understand the language that was being used. And so when I use a dictionary and I use a study Bible and I really dig deep into this stuff and I start listening to people who know how to interpret it correctly, it opens my mind to this amazing um, truth that there was something about me that was grand. There was something within me that was divine and truly glorious. Because I have been created for his glory. And when I started to believe even just a little bit, 
you know, we can have the faith the size of a mustard seed. When I started to believe even just a little bit, it was amazing what God started to unravel for me in my life in terms of opportunities and in terms of that abundant living, in terms of getting to see what I have to offer and contribute, not only to his kingdom, but to this world that we live in today. And the joy and the peace that came from that, the joy and the peace and the contentment of who I am and whose I am as the daughter of the king just started to fill me up. And I started to feel whole again. And it was that void that I had been trying to fill for so long was now finally being filled. And, oh, my God, it was was a transforming, life-transforming. And people started to notice and see the difference in me. I started to live out the fruits of that relationship. And so more and more my faith started to grow. And it's just an amazing journey. But, but it takes discipline. And it took that hunger. I, I was starving for that knowledge. And I'm grateful that I got to that point of brokenness that made me so hungry. Right. Then I was willing. Well, let's, th- we're coming to an end of this particular um, segment. And I do want to pick up on that in the next segment when we talk about how, you know, that, that whole process and what that is relationally for you and God. Mm-hmm. And so this is Cynthia Hyatt with Conversations with Cynthia. And I have Kristen Clark with me. And the book that she has written is Becoming a Woman of Worth, A Journey to Self-Confidence. And I want you to join me in this next segment as we talk more about that and God's value in you. Welcome back to Conversations with Cynthia. This is Cynthia Hyatt. And as always, I am so glad you joined me. And I want to make sure that you remember to visit my uh, website, which is CynthiaHyatt.com. And there's lots of things on the website. There's also the whole, all the podcasts for these shows. So that if you don't get to hear this, this show in its entirety, you can log on to the website and, and get those podcasts. Um, also visit me at Cynthia Hyatt Inc. That's a Facebook page and that gives you lots of great devotional and inspirational things and lets you know where I'm speaking and singing and uh, what radio show is coming up and who's going to be on it. And today I am so thankful to have my friend Kristen Clark from Houston, Texas, who has written this wonderful book, Becoming a Woman of Worth, Creating a More Confident You. And we left this last segment talking about the process of knowledge moving to our heart, to our gut. And we know that medical science is now embracing this idea and understanding that we have three brains now. We have all the same neurotransmitting behavior that we have in our brain, that we have in our heart and in our gut. And what's fascinating is our gut is where the scripture usually talks about that's wisdom and intuition, and our heart is where it's emotion and passion. And our head is processing knowledge. And so God starts with our head oftentimes and gives us all this knowledge. And Kristen, you were telling us this beautiful story about how insatiable you were for knowledge and really wanting to know and asking and beseeching God. And so the process that it sounds like happened with you, that is, is always a gift from God that requires work because you said it was hard work, that you really kept after it. And that's this idea of 
get we get this knowledge and everyone, you know, clients will say to me, yeah, but I don't feel it. I don't feel it. And so what's imperative is that you did was you took that step of faith, of belief. You actually were willing to trust that what he said was true. And that's a big step when it comes to us as Christians, because we will trust what other people say about us, even when it's not true. Like they tell us that we're losers and we believe them. You know, we, we, someone says that they, they love us and we, we want to believe them. And so it's the same with God when he's telling us these truths. We want to remind ourselves that, first of all, God does not lie. And I want to trust what he's telling me is true. And so how does that make sense to you? That's good. Yeah, it's really interesting. You know, for me, I, I started to trust when uh, the evidence became real in my own life, right? And so I, I did a lot of reading, and I was gaining a lot of knowledge. And as I was gaining this knowledge, God continued to work through the detailed situations of my life. And, and he continuously showed up, and he would continue to show me, oh, time and time again, examples of where he was doing for me what I could not do for myself. And those examples were real, and I could not deny them. And it was... Can you, can you give us an example, like, of how that happened? Oh, my God. <laughs> like, do you have a moment where it's like it became, like, not only real inside of you, but it happened outside of you, or... Yeah, well, you know, I, my first my first husband, my first marriage was very unhealthy, and I was married to an addict and alcoholic, and I was very dysfunctional. And I, I was, you know, struggling with codependence. And I came into my relationship with God right in the middle of all that. And my, um, my first husband left me. And that was not my choice. That was not my will. Right. I was determined and bound to make our marriage work. And he left me, and I think that was God doing for me what I couldn't do for myself. Right. Because I, I never would have left. And it was not a healthy situation, and God does not want me to be in harm's way. He doesn't want that for his children. And so I, I think there were some things that happened around that time where, you know, looking back, I'm grateful. Looking back, I'm so grateful God didn't answer my prayers then. Because they weren't good, healthy prayers. They weren't his will be done. <laughs> exactly. No, that is awesome. It's like yeah. really, really understanding how much God valued you, that he, like a great father, said, no, no, my daughter, no husband is going to treat my daughter this way. Yeah. And, and mm-hmm. really, in spite of you just saying, I want to do the right thing, and some of that we know is legalism, right? We, we wanna, sometimes we want to be perfect, and we think if we're perfect, then we'll not have pain, you know? And we find that that's, we get kind of off course in that way. And so it, that, that is an awesome story of how God intervened for you in a way that you didn't even know to ask for or even know you could. Exactly. And, you know, and then, it continue, I mean, that story in and of itself has continued to unfold because then God showed me later what he did have planned for me. See, this is, this is amazing. So we're, we're going to go into our last segment, which is, um, I'm sorry that the show is ending. This is awesome. <laughs> And so we're going to go into the last segment, and I want you, um, please, to join me again with Kristen Clark, because this is a great topic that we have about really understanding your worth and value and being able to walk out that confidence. So join me again with Cynthia Hyatt and Conversations with Cynthia. 
Well, welcome back to Conversations with Cynthia. I'm Cynthia Hyatt, and as always, I'm very glad that you're with me today and with my good friend Kristen Clark, all the way from Houston, Texas. And she is talking about the book that she has just written. So before we get into that, I want to always remind you to visit me at my website, which is CynthiaHyatt.com. If you like anything on the show that you're hearing today, you can find that show on the website. And so if you missed any of what Kristen said and how to find some of her information, you can you can get it on uh, the website. Also, I have a Facebook page, which has a lot of great information as well about some of these different shows and different devotional inspirational things. And that is Cynthia Hyatt, Inc., INC for Incorporated. So Kristen, tell us where we can get a hold of you, how we can get this book. And <laughs> this one is already an award-winning book practically, right? Which it's is, a finalist. Yeah, it's a it's finalist. A finalist. That's an award-winning book in my... That's amazing. <laughs> it's really thank exciting. You. Thank you, thank you. It's, uh, thank you. It's Becoming a Woman of Worth, Creating a More Confident You. It's available on Amazon.com and Barnes & Noble. And you can also go to the book website, which is becomingawomanofworth.com. Please feel free to go there, check it out. You can even download the first three chapters for free if you just want to get a taste of it. And um, also you can visit me at hissideofthelookingglass.com, all spelled out as it sounds, one word, hissideofthelookingglass.com. That's where I offer a number of free resources and affordable resources to help you learn to um, align your thoughts about yourself with how God thinks about you. I think that's so important. And I and think that his side of the looking glass, isn't that where you have the 21-day journey? Yes, they have the 21-day journey there, which is, um, you know, the beginning, right, of an adventure. Yes. 21 days to help people get into the Word of God. Uh, it has some very specific scripture verses for recommended reading, some um, great talk and teaching on confidence and spiritual mindset. And um, comes with, you know, daily emails from me, word of encouragement and prayer to help people along their journey. And it's really designed to be the beginning of a long adventure. And so tw- the 21-day journey, please check that out. We'd love to have people take a look at that as well. Awesome. Yeah, thanks. And I'll, I'll share with you, you know, probably one of the most important things that I outline in my book is how to grow spiritually and connect with God. And really, I believe that our ability to grow spiritually requires this intentional and intimate relationship with Father God, because connecting with Him on a deeper level means that we also learn to trust Him, to trust Him to do for us what we can't do for ourselves. And it's through this trust that we increase our confidence in Him as Father God and in us as daughter of the King. That's so important. And so for me... Prayer is huge. Reaching out to God in prayer, um, you know, with things that we're anxious about and worried about, and also in thanksgiving and praise. Prayer is really important. I would say also reading scripture is significant. That's the foundation for my value and my work. Fellowshipping with God and others, making sure that I'm keeping company with those who also want to grow spiritually is just critical to my. Um, my journey, and embracing suffering and adversity. And, you know, I, gosh, again, I go right back to your book. I love one of the quotes that you write 
in your book here about um, we can have pain for gain or pain in vain, so we can never have no pain. Right. <laughs> yeah, I, will, I learned that one the hard way. <laughs> God is like, you can have your pain for gain, Cynthia, or you can just have it be in vain, but there will never be no pain. Exactly. That is a tough one. It's tough, but when we can embrace that as part of our journey and our adventure, we grow. Absolutely. And we grow in that personal, intimate relationship with God. That's what's so important. I love that. And then I would say service work. You know, anytime I can get out of self by helping someone else, it's a really great way to grow spiritually and connect with God on a whole other level. Well, and you know, it's interesting you say that because God has actually hardwired us to be encouraged to do it because you, you know, you have children, right? Yeah. So you know that wonderful chemical oxytocin and that's the one that you get a wash of oxytocin after you gave birth, which, which caused you to forget all about the birthing of the baby (laughs) because God knew that if we didn't get oxytocin, we would never have a baby again. Because it's so traumatizing what happens to the, a woman's body when she has, gives birth. I mean, it is, you know, it is still in the 21st century the most dangerous thing a woman could do. Isn't that amazing? amazing. Yeah, it really is. And so we get this wonderful wash of oxytocin uh, every time you give birth to a, a child. Well, the same thing happens with dopamine, which is also a very wonderful neurotransmitter, when we do acts of kindness. We get this blast, this flash of oxytocin or dopamine, which encourages us to do it again. And and if we watch people that do acts of kindness, we get a flash of oxytocin and dopamine. Mm. So it's wonderful when you are doing generosity, kindness, um, you are doing sacrificial things that God really gave us an automatic reward system in our brain to do it. Yeah. And so it really is encouraging for us to realize, wow, God is even actually helping me do the right things because they cause me to feel good about me. When I feel good about me, I have more resiliency to handle the world because the world is tough. I tell people every day, don't you know, this is hell. You're living in hell. You know, yeah. we, we, want, we get pieces of heaven because we're Christians and, and God is still here and working with us and through us and in us. But this is a very hard place. So when you're doing those behaviors that help to concretize the belief you're trying to integrate, I know that was a lot that I just said, <laughs> you know, what happens is that's how it works, that we have this knowledge that that's what you, you know, your book is about knowledge. And then your book is saying, and you need to take that knowledge and do action with it. Mm-hmm. And when you do an action, see, that's how God moves that knowledge into actually truth inside the inmost parts of your being you start to walk it out you start to feel it and when you feel it it becomes more real than just a piece of information absolutely and and i know for me that last part you know walking it out in my life Mm -hmm. um you know that is that is so much the part of my relationship that is equally critical because Developing a relationship with Father God is not unlike developing a relationship with other people in that it requires an effort on my part, and it requires me to be willing, present, and vulnerable. And when I act it out in my life, I'm being willing, present, and vulnerable. Yes, indeed. And see, and that's, that's one of the most difficult things to do, because if we don't have confidence, 
then we're already walking into a situation thinking that we're going to get hurt. And so we have to be really careful about what we're believing, you know, and, and that we're really saying, unfortunately, again, you know, I can have pain for gain or pain in vain. So I can either avoid the situation completely and then my pain, which is lack of self-confidence, just gets worse. Or I can have pain for gain, which is the discomfort of moving toward people, trusting, being willing to be vulnerable, knowing that it could get messy, maybe won't be a perfect situation, and maybe I'll actually get hurt. But that pain actually then becomes for my gain because the more I'm willing to do it, the more I can have confidence in knowing that I'm doing what God has asked me to do. I'm doing the right thing. And if people fail me, that is not my failure. Exactly. And being willing to have those appropriate boundaries. And so, I, you know, you talked earlier, I made a little note earlier in this show, the very beginning of the show, you talked about you had a mentor, a female mentor at your church when you were first becoming a Christian. Mm -hmm. And see, that I think is imperative that we do have mentoring because if we don't, we don't have that voice that helps us reframe the situation. Like if, like, let's say, you know, you, you act out in confidence, you take a step forward, you put yourself out there, you know, you believe what God says, you try it out and it's a disaster. So if you don't have, a, you know, a strong mentor, leader, therapist, friend, whoever the relationship, whatever that is, to help you process that situation and reframe it so that the pain is actually for gain, so you become a better person for it, then the enemy wins. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And it's when I can listen to and apply that person's wisdom and truth to my own life circumstances that I get clarity. Yes. I get a deeper trust in the process. And see, that that's one of the most amazing things, is that the enemy can never combat love, mm-hmm. and he can never combat trust. And so he knows these are human qualities that we can't help but do. You know, we see so many examples of people trusting all the wrong things, right? But there's a part of our human nature we just want to. We want to trust. And so what we want to do is we want to give that trust first and ultimately to God. So that when we are starting there, that we know that God is 100% trustworthy and perfect in how he loves. So when we are really putting our trust in God, then we get a God mindset. We have the Holy Spirit wisdom that helps us to interpret the world that we live in much better. Now, it's, you know, it's not a, a perfect, you know, formula because I'm still an imperfect person. But it always helps my resiliency, my, you know, my comeback, my ability to keep going out, keep trying, keep working on that, being able to reframe situations so that I become a person of depth. You know, I have, I'm not a shallow person. I become someone that's not fragile and more resilient. And so this trust issue is huge that when, when we're talking about knowledge, uh, you know, becoming more integrated into who we are and, and finding trustworthy people. That's right. And that, that is part of the adventure, you know, learning how to be trustworthy myself. Yes. Oh, great point. Great. Yes. Untrustworthy people. Oh, I forgot that piece. Exactly. It's a whole nother show. <laughs> I think I just took that for granted or something. Isn't that crazy? I'm so glad you made that point. Yes. The best way to start is to trust in God and be trustworthy yourself. 
Yeah. And, and, you know, being trustworthy yourself, being a trustworthy person, that has everything to do with, can I trust me with me? And see, we can oftentimes be the most untrustworthy person with ourselves. I can be the biggest enemy ever to myself. Yeah. Okay, so now we only have two minutes left. Today. <laughs> I'm so sad. We're going to have to do this again because I love talking with you. And um, how can we wrap this up? What would you like to tell the listeners? And then I want to make sure that you give them the information again. You know, I thank you, gosh. I just want to um, tell the listeners that um, I know who I am today, and I am a woman of words. And you can also know who you are today because you are also a woman of words. And I hope that you will first and hunger for that truth for yourself because the journey is just so worth it. It's such a blessing and a gift. And so um, please, if you're interested, my book is Becoming a Woman of Worth, Creating a More Confident You. You can find me on my book website, becomingawomanofworth.com or hisideofthelookingglass.com. Thank you so much, Kristen. It has been really good to have you today. And Thank you. I, oh my gosh, yes. And I really do want to encourage you listeners. Um, I know Kristen and I have her book and I refer to it um, with my patients. I have it in my office. And, and so this is really something that has merit. And, and it's very helpful because we know the enemy wants to steal from us worth and value, which ultimately he can't because you can't steal worth or value from someone. You can just try to devalue. And so we don't want the enemy to be devaluing us as women. And we want to be those strong women that God has called us to be. And so I want to really encourage you to check this out, uh, His Side of the Looking Glass or Becoming a Woman of Worth. And join me certainly on my own Facebook page at CynthiaHyatt.com. And um, I'm sorry, Cynthia Hyatt Inc. And my website, which is CynthiaHyatt.com. And I look forward to seeing and speaking with you next week. So have a great and God-blessed week. We hope this past hour has been encouraging, motivating, and inspiring to you. We'd like to remind listeners that this show isn't a replacement for professional counseling or therapy. The messages and teachings shared during this show are given as a way to teach listeners with ideas and insights about how to become your own best version. Cynthia is available as a keynote or guest speaker for corporate or spiritual events. To contact Cynthia, go to CynthiaHyatt.com. If you missed any part of this program, You can hear a replay at any time at faithtalk1360.com. Join us again next Sunday at 4 p.m. for Conversations with Cynthia on Faith Talk 1360 KPXQ.